0: welcome back to a new season of Basecamp, part of the training ministry of the Trails Church. Now, over the next couple of months, we're gonna be diving back into our study in systematic theology, as well as continuing our study on what a church is and why it's important to be a member of one. Now, in this episode, uh, we are sharing our most recent training session that happened in our members meeting. And specifically in that conversation, we're talking about how we can contribute to the health of our church by being a growing disciple. That if we we're going to be a healthy church, that it means uh, we, we need to have growing disciples. Those who passionately care about our own happiness in the gospel, as well as the happiness of the members of our church. We to we care just as much about their happiness as our own and, and how we are God's great gift to one another to help pastor and shepherd one another as one of the functions of belonging to a local church. So, With no further ado, here's our latest uh, member meeting recording. Of time. How do we help disciple, equip, encourage you in the gospel so that you can go as a disciple of Christ um, and and go out uh, healthily um, and, and see maybe what God could be doing in your life to help build into others. Uh, and so we want to really take seriously that call to uh, help equip you and disciple you. That's also why we walk through verses of the Bible like that. I grew up in a church that never walked through verses of the Bible like that at all, that instead just like, they're like, Ephesians 1, we just won't even touch the first 14 verses. We're just going to move on. Uh, And so one of the reasons we would do that as well is so that we actually walk through and engage with some difficult texts that people uh, can get very confused on, and our minds can start swirling, and things can get a little crazy, and all that's because we want really healthy Christians who love, trust, and believe in God's word and who are building their life upon it. Um, Also, one of the things that we'd love to give away that book, um, What is a a Healthy Church, and then What is a Healthy Church Member, uh, is to know in the future even uh, what churches to avoid. If you're looking at joining one and you're like, oh, they are very unhealthy. I do not want to be there. Um, Or what churches to partner with. Like as some of our kids grow up and they, they go to university somewhere else, one of my aims is that as they would do so, that we've done a great job of teaching and training them. This is what a good, healthy church looks like. And so this is how to find them on a good website. This is how to ask really good questions. This is how you do that. That way, when our kids grow up and go off to university or get jobs in Montreal or Toronto or whatever, and they leave, and they're like, they actually know how to find a good church uh, that will be a healthy place for them and not some, like, Crack pipe, you know what I mean? That would be a, that's bad. So as a Launch Team member, um, a question that we ought to always be asking ourselves um, is how do we, how can we uh, contribute to the positive health of our church? And how can we help uh, lay the foundation, the culture by which our church will be built? That's one of the things, especially as a, as a new church, as a church plant, um, that should be something we're just kind of trying to think through to make sure that we're building the right way. Uh, some of us have been part of churches that when they were planted a uh, long time ago, they've grown in a direction of a lot of unhealth. So now we have a chance to like, all right, let's, how, do we, how do we be healthy? How do we lay a good, solid gospel foundation so that decades from now, generations from now, our great, great grandchildren uh, won't look and say, oh, do you remember when that church once was faithful to the gospel and believed in God's word? That was great. What happened to those people? Um, and so we want need to be constantly looking back into God's word, constantly studying the gospel and constantly plunging ourselves and asking kind of questions like this. And so these are great questions to ask because healthy churches aren't just produced by healthy uh, preaching or really good ministry programs like kids or youth or something like that. No, instead, as we saw in our book, uh, what is a healthy church member? The health of the local church depends on the willingness of its members to do a couple of things. Firstly, to inspect their hearts Then to correct their thinking and then apply their hands to the work of ministry, which means that our church will be healthy as we, as launch team members, strive for personal health and corporate health. And so that book outlines a lot of ways for us to inspect our hearts. And for this little meeting, we're going to be focusing on chapter eight, not the whole thing, but just a little bit of it. And in that chapter, it talks about how a healthy church member is a growing disciple. Because if we want to be healthy as a church, it means that one of the things that we ought to be doing is striving for personal health. We have this concern for our own personal growth in the gospel and in the word and corporate health. We, we have this desire, this concern for the growth of other members in our church, right? This is not just like siloed Christianity, but this is us as God's people shepherding and caring for one another really well. And one of the things that I've been the most encouraged actually, uh, in the life of our church is seeing how we do this really well for such a young church. Like when Samantha and I walked through our miscarriage like six weeks ago, like y'all loved us well. There wasn't any of this like weird, like man, the Lord will get you next time, double blessing next time, and hey, be better. You know, there's none of that. There's just crying and weeping and hugging and is, is, is this beautiful thing that like, I, I was talking with Darren about this yesterday. I haven't experienced this kind of Christian community, I don't think, at almost any point in my life. Uh, and so it's, it's this really cool thing. Uh, and I'm just like, yes and amen. Let's let's keep that up. Uh, if we have more of that, that would be great. And so That's what, that's what our, our aims. is. We have this personal health concern, but also the concern and the growth of other people in our church. And there are several passages of Scripture that outline for us the kind of health and growth that a healthy church member should hope to see in themselves and others. Uh, For example, Galatians 5, uh, verses 22 to 25, it lists the fruit of the Spirit, Um, evidences of Spirit-wrought virtue and character that really typify those who live not according to their own power but by the Spirit, we then see in 2 Peter chapter 3, verse 18, that we are to grow in the grace and knowledge of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. And then we will see in Ephesians chapter 4, spoiler alert, uh, that God has given leaders in the church to build up the body until we attain to the unity of the faith and the knowledge of the Son of God, to mature manhood and womanhood, to the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ. Thus, the growth that we hope to see in ourselves and in one another is not some kind of external or superficial growth but rather what we our aim is is to see a growth in godliness and holiness godliness and holiness growth in the stature of the fullness of christ this is not something usually that you can measure like church statistics like how many bums are in seats or what was the giving like like you can't it's hard to like, be like measuring this other than we see it actually in the lives of one another as God's people. As we, we recognize that, we say, man, the way that God's growing you in this area or, the thing, or that is happening in your life, like that, that's more the way that you, you really help foster and, and grow that as God's people. So a growing church member, therefore, is someone who looks more and more like Jesus the longer that we're growing in sanctification, right? In our, in our heart, what we think about, what we say, what we do, but uh, also, it's someone who cares about those around them. That we see one another as our responsibilities, right? Like Steve and I had a conversation about that even just earlier. Like, hey, man, I'm here for you in this in this way, and he's like, great. And I said, no, really, I am. Um, and and this is what we long to be as as Christians, and, and it's, it's really what we long to be, and we long for the churches that one day, by God's grace, we will plant out of us. That's what our aim is, that they would look like. This Christian concern for our own growth and health in the gospel, and for fellow members. And so we might wonder, okay, well, that sounds nice, but how in the world do you cultivate that kind of growth? Uh, and to answer that, in that chapter, um, and Wabile, yes, that's his name, and that's how you say it. Uh, he gives us Four things. Um, Firstly, he says that we abide in Christ. So looking at John 15, we see that uh, the key to growth and godliness is remaining in the true vine, in Jesus. And as we do, we will bear fruit in keeping with repentance. Thus, we have this constant need to preach the gospel to ourselves to remind us that our only hope in life and in death is that we belong, body and soul, to Jesus by faith. And this is why we remind one another of the gospel so often in small groups. And as we pray for one another, if I've ever been around you and prayed for you, the, the one thing is like Aaron Boswell guarantee in prayer is I'm gonna thank God for your salvation every single time because it is a miracle. Uh, and so I'm reminding myself, I'm reminding you, praise God, he saved you. That's wild. That's also why at all of our gatherings, we always talk about the gospels because we're so often to run away into, as Paul warns Titus, into all kinds of foolish controversies And genealogies and dissensions and quarrels about laws that are unprofitable and worthless. There's a lot of things like that that happen in church life. Amen? Amen. See, more modern day stuff for us might be people that get like really focused in on like numerology or like end time prophecies. That that real Christian maturity is found there. And yet, what we see is that actually it's abiding in Christ and abiding in his word that is the essential proper Christian discipleship and growth. So we abide in Christ. Secondly, we use the ordinary means of grace. Now, if that's a new phrase to you, uh, most most Christians here in Winnipeg, we we believe that that advancement maybe in spiritual maturity must come through extraordinary breakthrough experiences, right? For them, it's kind of like the fanatical or the fantastical or the wonderful is what produces growth. Those we just noted from John 15, it's actually the normal, everyday, ordinary means of grace that that ordinarily produces growth and maturity. Think about your relationship with your spouse. Like those everyday interactions that you have, everyday thinking about them, asking how they're doing, praying with them or for them, picking them up flowers and bringing it to them, gentlemen. Uh, It's it's these things that we do, these little things that over the long haul, it's not these like, I don't talk to my wife for six months, and then we go on a two-week vacation to the Dominican Republic. And then we come back, and I don't talk to her for six months. It's, it's normal, everyday, ordinary things. And that's what keeps people from walking away from the Lord. See, while the, while the sensational and extraordinary can and often does lead people astray, the word properly taught and understood, it will never lead us astray. Thus, the ordinary means of grace include the study of God's word, participation in the ordinances of baptism and communion, along with not forsaking the gathering together of saints and prayer. Now, thirdly, uh, thirdly, participate in the local church. Hebrews 10.25 instructs us not to neglect the assembly of the saints. Instead, we are to gather and encourage one another more and more as we await Jesus' return. And, and our assembling is meant for our edification, for building us up in growth as Christians. And neglecting to participate in the corporate life of the church or failing to actively serve and be served is a surefire way to just limit our growth. It's just going to limit it. It's not going to mean it's impossible because... Uh, By God's kindness, some people are sent out as missionaries in foreign countries and they're the only Christian they know for miles and miles and miles and miles and miles. They can still grow in their faith. Yes, but normatively, that's not how we grow as Christians. We need one another. We we need, as we're praying for one another, as we're talking with one another, as we're opening the word to one another, as we're in each other's lives, this slow formational growth that we have in one another's lives. That, by the way, is also why we have three different guys that normatively preach here, is because I realize that if all you ever hear from in the gospel and preaching is me, you're gonna start sounding like me, which you shouldn't, uh, and uh, you're gonna have some of the very same sins and things that I have, because I naturally will shy away from certain topics that Matt and Nino will just go right in on. Uh, and I'm like, oh, praise God for you. And so we, we have this, this growth, actually, even in our preaching, because we realize that that as we hear God's word from different voices, from different people, God will actually use that in our lives to build us up actually as his people. And the end growth is growth and discipleship. That's the whole aim even of our our gathering. Fourthly, we look to Jesus's coming. So, So we grow in holiness by meditating upon and looking forward to the coming of Jesus. As most of the New Testament references of Jesus's return are connected to some exhortation to holiness and purity. You ever realize that? As you're reading through, they're talking about Jesus's return it's always like so. Be what well, like, keep watch, be on guard, don't have this kind of sin. He's coming. Get ready, people. Get ready. Jesus is. Uh, but no, no, no. Yes, all right. uh, which, which makes sense, really. I mean, if Jesus is coming back, if the days are getting closer and to that time that's been appointed by the Father, then we ought to measure our days. We have to measure them to make the best use of them and put away sin and be more faithful as His saints. Thus, our yearning to be with Jesus and to see Jesus. Uh, glorified is is intended to make us more like Jesus as well in holiness. Thus, in this way, we look forward to Christ and and it produces also this this growth in our lives. So, the B says, the healthy church member is a growing church member. Specifically, she or he is a church member that grows in Christ-likeness. Sorry that it's weird. Holiness and maturity. That maturity and holiness are developed in dependence upon Christ, his word, and others in the local church. So, I want to ask God that he would actually do that in our church. Uh, and then we'll move on into the next part of our meeting. So let's pray and ask God actually to do that. So Father, I do pray that. I pray that I pray that you would continue to help us by your spirit to be growing disciples. We know that you are the only one who can bring true go- growth in our own lives and those around us. And so, so we ask that you would continue by your great kindness to grow us into maturity as we abide in Christ. I pray that that we would get into your word, that we would... Participate in our church by using our gifts and taking the responsibility to care for one another's souls seriously. And we look forward to Jesus's coming. And may we be faithful until the day of your appearing. Keep us faithful by your spirit through grace. I love you and ask these things in Jesus' name. Amen. And so, one of the other things we do during these meetings uh, is give some kind of brief financial updates on where we were at as a ministry. So, I'll do that briefly. Now, if you were around, uh, newer around uh, church budgets and church planting, uh, typically what happens in a church plant, uh, which we are, we're just over two years old, uh, is that a church planter raises a whole lot of money whole whack of money, uh, from churches and families so that a lot of their salary and ministry budget is covered for the first couple of years while the church is getting set up and started and running. That way, they're not a burden onto the life of the church. And so when we were moving here, that's what we did. Uh, I would just knock on a bunch of doors and talk to a whole lot of random people, and I'm like, do you want to give money to Jesus? Um, And and, uh, what we typically know within church planting is it takes about five years for a church plant to become self-sufficient to where the church can provide, pay for its own bills, basically. Um, And so before we moved here, one of the things that we were asking God for is an exorbitant amount of money for our launching costs, for sound system and legal stuff. We bought like 50 chairs when we first moved here, which is good because we ended up meeting in my basement for a while, um, for staffing and ministry budget and all those things. And so before we were moving here, we were asking the Lord for our first two years of ministry for $250,000, which is a lot of money. And God provided every single penny of it. Every single one. It was wild. And and the great thing, looking back onto that, for, for our first, ended uh, up being really our first kind of year and a half to year and nine months or so, is that 2020 happened, and we had no idea that was coming. And the number of friends that I knew that were dependent upon denominational support or network of churches support that were unable to do the things that they felt God was calling them to do, gathering, because they were afraid of losing funding, was outrageous. But the number of church planters I know that were told, you cannot do this even if you want to, because if you do, we'll pull all of your funding. And by God's great kindness, that was not a thought that Nino and I ever had. We were like, well, here we go, Um, buckle up, we're probably going to jail. Uh, And so uh, by God's great kindness, we didn't have to worry about that. But then kind of we moved into the summer of 2021. Uh, Nino went Uh, off of staff and got a job at Skip the Dishes in the IT world. Uh, I started to take project management certificates through Google um, because we were so committed to being here and planting this church, and our church was just not anywhere near being financially able to do that at all. Uh, And then um, we began to have a few more people start attending our church when we were in the fourth season uh, and learning a little bit more about who we are as a ministry and wanting to partner with us as launch team members and regular attenders. And we began to see God provide. um, This is Do I have these numbers? Yes, I do. So from August to December, um, we saw God provide 56% uh, of what we needed in last August, 63 in September, 66 in October, 76 in November, and then December was 127%, which helped make up for some of the previous. Um, And so uh, that was really wild for us. I, I remember just talking to our members and I'm like, I have no idea what the Lord is doing we were a year old, and you should never be at 127% when you're a year and two months old as a church. I have never heard of a church plant doing that, ever. Uh, In fact, I know church plants that are like eight or nine or 10 years old that are still not able to pay any of their bills, Uh, and I was just like, thanking God for his great, I was like, what is happening? Um, it was really cool. Then we just got into 2022. Uh, we continue to kind of see the same kind of trend happening. So our, our 2022 overall budget was 220800 And we have steadily maintained that 70 to 80% giving range for the last four months, even while bringing on two additional staff, which is crazy. Now, you might wonder, you're looking at these numbers and you're like, okay, so you've only been to 70 to 80% of your overall budget. Are you Justin Trudeau? Uh, how are you not making budget and yet still able to pay for all of our bills as a church and not go into debt? Well, as the lead pastor and church planter, that's my job, uh, is to raise financial support for us, both for my salary, but also to help us reach our ministry budget until we can, Lord willing, be able to get to that point where we're able to pay all of our bills on our own. Um, At that point, um, one of my great hopes and prayers uh, is that God would provide us a space as a church that we could either lease, that we could like start meeting on Sunday mornings, um, and that we could just have during the week to do a myriad of things. Um, but one of the things that we've talked about the, like to, the, to the elders with and, and some of our uh, partners and friends we were like discussing that through, one of the things we don't wanna do is begin even processing through some of those things until we're at like 100% continuously and then able to think about that. Another thing I'd really love to do, if the Lord, I, I tell people this all the time, if you know anybody that's got six million, I have plans. Uh, I got plans. There's a building right over on Bishop right now. I'd go buy it tomorrow. Uh, it's the home run sports over there. They want 4.7 for it, and I think we could re- get it, renovate it, make it doable uh, for about six million. So, if you know anybody, <laughs> got the bat phone, let me know.) Um, And all the way from the beginning as well, Nino has also been raising support for our church. And then Charles actually is also now raising support to help cover some of his salary since we aren't able to help pay a full-time salary for him. And so one of my audacious prayers for us as ministry is that we will support ourselves fully through us as a ministry and then begin to explore getting church building or leasing or buying or something like that so that we can be owners, not renters. Um, Because in our our world, um, oftentimes people are like, oh, you're a church plant and you're renting. Great, when you grow up and you're a big boy church... (laughs) then I'll kind of be in. But right now, you're like this weird cult, like you're flying the cult flag. You meet on Sunday afternoons. You're strange, man. Um, so uh, if you have been uh, giving to our church over the last few weeks or months or years, um, one of the things I want to say is just thank you. Thank you for partnering with us. Uh, we're still praying to the Lord uh, that he would provide for all of our needs so we can have a fully funded budget. Uh, what do we love to do? Uh, this is a teaser for uh, our AGM in November, but one of the things that I'd really love to do is start bringing on a little bit more staffing, um, not specifically like more people, but um, we're paying like a buck 50 in a Diet Coke uh, to Leanne and Charles, um, and uh, I'd love to just be able to do a little bit more than that. Um, so, we have a fully filled in budget for renting and staffing and insurance and taxes and ministry needs, and we all have to pay the CRA, which is terrible. Um, and so, we, we've had a, a really great start as a ministry, and we're just praying to God just for even more as we continue to plant this church. Um, so, as I said, we're doing a much more broader actually AGM at the end of November. We will be voting on and approving our 2023 budget. Um, And we'll be sending out all that information in October. um, So we'll have time to talk about any issues or problems or any of those things in our budget. Um, So with that, um, just wanted to let you know that um, to kind of end sort of our formal time. So thanks again for tuning into this episode of Base Camp. For any more information about our church, you can visit trailschurch.ca or shoot an email over to me at aaron at trailschurch.ca. Until next time, thanks for tuning in.